Hey, this is Noah Fritchie, and I'm the lead pastor of Real Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. Man, I I don't even know where to begin. I, I, I'm just going to try to keep it together here for a few minutes, but... Um, I hope you know what God's doing here. Because as I sit over here and we worship and and you feel the presence of God. And if this is your first time here, I would just go ahead and encourage you to come back next week because some God's doing something here special. And Pastor Noah, I am so proud of you um, and what you're doing here and the steps that you've taken. And whenever Noah called me uh, to let me know that he wasn't going to be able to come to Kansas City and help us start the church, um, obviously, selfishly, I was heartbroken because I knew the talent and the gifts that God had placed inside Noah. And I just thought, like, yeah, if I got Noah, like, I've, I'm going to be great. You know what I mean? At least we got Noah. Like, it's going to be good. But I told him, I said, it, I, all I want for you is what God wants for you. So if, you're, if you come over here, but you're supposed to go home, then I don't want that on me. Like, don't put, don't put that on me. Don't bring that to Kansas City with you. Like, you need to walk in obedience every step of the way. And now, several years later, look, look at where we are. Look at what God had in store. We had no idea on that phone call what was coming. So it's an honor to be here. Uh, as Pastor Noah said, um, I'm, I'm here with uh, my beautiful wife, Leslie, who's up here in the front row with me. And uh, yeah, if you want to give a round of applause. Um, it's been nice for us just to have some time together as we traveled over here. And uh, yeah, I pastor a church in, in um, uh, the Kansas City area called Home Church. And we are um, into this church plant thing. And it is a journey, let me tell you. But stepping out in faith is, is one of those things that's so rewarding. Um, I often tell our team and tell a lot of the guys that um, comfort leads to complacency, but uh, faith leads to fulfillment. And so when you take that step of faith, it's the only way you're going to find fulfillment is trusting God all the way. Um, today, it's going to be really simple. As Noah said, I, I uh, got into ministry and kids ministry, and so uh, I don't have the most complicated messages or anything like that for you. So the th- best thing about kids ministry is they teach you how to make things really, really simple and how to walk away with something uh, at the end of the day. And so it's not, uh, I'm not here to blow your mind. All I'm here is to... Um, talk about a piece of God's Word, learn from it, and then we can all learn how to apply it together into our lives. Does that sound okay today? If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to uh, Matthew chapter 25. If not, we'll have it up here on the screen for you. Matthew chapter 25, we're going to be looking at uh, a parable today, um, and it's called the parable of the talents. Now, if you have a different translation, maybe a new living or something like that, it might be the parable of the three servants, but I'm going to be reading from the New King James, and it's called uh, the parable of the talents. And so, Here's what I'm going to do. I know you guys have been talking over the past several weeks about parables and how, to, how do we apply those to our lives. What I want to do today is I'm just going to read through this really quick. I could try to overview it for you or anything like that, but let's be honest, uh, this is Jesus himself talking, so I think he probably put it better than any of us could. So we're going to read his words, and then we're going to dissect it a little bit and see how it, how it applies to us in 2018. As we read through this, though, I would encourage you, one of the best practices whenever you read God's word is to always ask these two questions. Where is Jesus? And where am I? doesn't matter if you're reading the Old Testament, New Testament, wherever you're reading, asking those two questions helps you make it personal between you 
in Jesus? Where is Jesus in this story, and where am I? Let's dive into this really quick. Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14, the parable of the talents. It says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants, and he delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on his journey. And he who had received the five talents, he went and he traded with them, and he made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one talent, he dug in the ground and he hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and he settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents, and he came and he brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me to five talents, but look, I have gained you five more talents besides them. And the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, he uh, also who had received the two talents came and he said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained you two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent, he came and he said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and he said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. Everyone say that word. Say abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And finally, verse 30, and cast the unprofitable servant, remember that word, unprofitable servant, into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So here's the thing. I just read this entire story of Jesus telling us this parable, this story of how the kingdom of God works. But the real question is, we read this and we hear words like talent and, and all these different things, and it's like, how does this apply to us today in this world, in 2019? How, how do we actually use this in our life? So let's dissect this a little bit. The first question, whenever we read this parable, the first thing we should be asking is, number one, what is a talent? If you have notes, this is in your, uh, your notes. What is a talent? Basically, a talent in, in the day of Jesus was a measure of weight, usually of silver coinage. Here's where it gets crazy. crazy. One talent equaled 6,000 denarii. One talent equaled 6,000 denarii. Okay, well, what's, what's a denarius then? One of those 6,000 equaled a day's wage for a common laborer. So think about that for a second. Basically, one talent was upwards of 19 to 20 years worth 
of pay for the common laborer. So whenever Jesus is talking about talents, he's not talking to a room of wealthy people, right? He's not talking to a bunch of millionaires, but the example he's using is the amount of money that would be equal to several million dollars, especially five talents. We're talking about nearly 100 years worth of working six days a week. And so he's using such a high price, and he's talking to these common folks. Why? But he's trying to get their attention about something. He's using this high price because he's saying, hey, whatever this talent represents is something very, very valuable to you. It's something that you do not want to take lightly. And so in this parable, what we see is Jesus is obviously, he's the master in this parable. Where is Jesus? He's the master. He's the one that is delegating the talents. He's leaving on a journey, right, which is where he is right now. He's up in heaven, seated at the right hand of God the Father, waiting for his return. I don't know if you've, hopefully you've read the end of the book. He is coming back someday, right? He's going to come back, and he's going to come back to see what have we done with what we've been given. So he's going to come back eventually, just like the master in the parable. He comes back to settle accounts. Hey, I gave you these talents. What did you do with them? See, Jesus, in this day, he's talking to the people of Israel, but he is also talking directly to the disciples of today. Not just the people in the room or the people that were gathered there, but he's talking to you and to me. And what Jesus is doing is he is delegating to us as believers the responsibility to steward his kingdom well. Jesus is going away for a time. He will return someday to claim what is rightfully, rightfully his. But a lot of times we read this parable, and I've heard it taught several different ways, whether it's about stewarding your money or the gifts, the physical talents that you have, and what are you doing with all of those different things. But I would say that this parable is way more important than just how are we stewarding our money and how are we stewarding the gifts that God has given us on inside of us. What Jesus is showing us, he's saying, what I have given you is so valuable. It's not something that you just would take lightly. What I have given you, the parable of the talents, is about us stewarding the kingdom of God. Stewarding, if you will, our salvation. We've been given something, but what are we doing to invest that something? Let me, let's, let's unpack this a little bit. So the parable of the talents is about something very important, very valuable, right? The kingdom of God, our salvation. The second question we should be asking then is if we start to unpack this is, what is my ability? Because as we read this, this parable, what we realize is that in verse 15, uh, verse 15, what does he say? And to one he gave the five, to the other two, to the other one, to each according to his own ability. Every person has been given something according to their own ability. One five, one, two, and the other, one talent. What I would challenge us to do is I want us to think a little bit differently about these talents. Think of the one talent as my moment of salvation. When I said the prayer, when I made Jesus the Lord of my life, and I said, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, I have received my one talent, the kingdom of God, my portion of the kingdom of God to steward well. But what, how, what am I doing with the thing that I've been given. You see, what we have to realize is that today's ability is determined by yesterday's 
stewardship. So I may start with one, but in order to increase my ability, what God is going to give to me, I have to show that I will steward the one really well. If I don't steward the one well, then I'm not going to get anything else. I'm not going to get more in return. My ability is determined by my past stewardship. So can we increase our ability then? I would say absolutely. How do we do that? Well, Jesus gives us the answer right here in the parable. We don't have to turn anywhere else or cross-reference. It's right here. He says, how? You were faithful with little. That means you'll be faithful with much. He who has more will be given. When I steward what I have well, Jesus rewards obedience and he gives us more in return. But what are we talking about here? Talking about the steward, stewarding the kingdom of God. Every believer starts out with the one talent. But the goal is to grow into a five-talent servant. If you're taking notes, write that down. Every believer starts out with the one talent, right? But the goal is to grow into a five-talent servant. Here's the thing. Jesus doesn't expect you or me to go out tomorrow and reach one million people for the kingdom of God. All on my own. I have eight hours to do it. One million people go and see what you can do. Not necessarily. Here's what he's asked you to do. To steward what you already have. So if I may not have an audience of a million people to preach to or to pray with, so what do I have? He doesn't expect me to go out and reach the million, but he says, I do expect you to steward every conversation well this week. I do expect you to steward every interaction wisely this week. The person cut me off in traffic. I got a couple of responses I could do here, right? I, I'm tempted to say some things, to do some things, but how am I going to steward my interaction? The person at the grocery store, the waitress, the, my family, my kids, right? Every interaction it's within my hands. How do I steward that well? Every action that I take. So it leads us then to the question, have, have my attitudes, have my words, have my actions been stewarding God's kingdom well lately? If people watched your life as a TV show for a whole day, at the end of the day, after they turned off the TV, would they be able to say it is obvious that that person follows Jesus. It is obvious that that person loves Jesus. Or when they turned it off and you told them, yeah, I, I follow Jesus, I'm a Christian, would they be surprised? Oh, I didn't see you pray once. You didn't help people in need. You didn't crack open the Bible. You didn't, you didn't talk about Jesus at all. You didn't, you didn't even do anything. Like you just lived a normal life. Am I stewarding what I have well? The final question then is this, how do I steward well? If a talent is something that's so valuable, right, our salvation, the kingdom of God, my ability can be increased with what I've been given by stewarding well, how do I actually steward well then? And it's simply this, in order to steward well, I must know the master well. It's that simple. I told you it's going to be simple today, right? It's kids, it's, it's kids ministry, basic, but it's so simple. It's so fundamental. How do I steward well? I must know the master well. 
How did the five-talent servant know how to make a 100% profit? Even if this was something outside of the Bible, away from Jesus, just in the natural world, how did that servant know how to make 100% profit? He spent time with his master. I know exactly what my, my master, I know how he thinks. I know what he would do. I know what he would do in this situation. I know where he would invest this. Because I know what he would do, because I've spent time with him, I can now steward well. I can just simply do what he would do if he was here on this earth, if he was here in my shoes. But what do we see on the other hand? The one talent servant, he lived in fear, only concerned with himself and just just making sure he was not going to get in trouble with the master. What does that reveal? Well, he didn't know the master at all. What did he do? He, he took it and he buried it in the ground for safekeeping. I have it, but I'm not going to do anything with it. And I would just raise the question that maybe doesn't that sound like a lot of Christians today? Maybe some people even in this room, maybe you've been in a season of that. I know I've been in a season of that. I've lived a portion of my life hanging on to my one talent, not going all in and investing it in obedience. But so many times we take that one talent and we bury it in the ground and it's there, yeah, it's there, and we live our life just like normal, right? And someone asks us, hey, do you, do you go to church anywhere? Do you, do you believe in Jesus? Oh, yeah, hang on. Let me... Unbury, unbury it, dig it up. Yeah, I have it, see? I'm a Christian. Like, I go to church when I can, when I didn't stay up too late on Saturday, right? Like, I have it, right? I'm going to go put it back here for safekeeping and move on with my life, always knowing where it is. But what did Jesus call that servant? The unprofitable servant. He was brokenhearted, so disappointed, and I gave you something so valuable. At least invest it somewhere simple, right? At least take it and put it to work for me. Many times, if we're not careful, we, we can go through this Christian life, and we're just surviving. And we're wondering, man, why is, why is life so hard? Why, why are things not working out for me? When God's given us this gift, and I, I just have it, I have it buried. And if we're not careful, we can sleep through the best years of our Christian life. Burying our salvation in the ground, and we can say, yeah, I'm a Christian. But what did Jesus call us to do? Jesus didn't just call us to receive salvation and bury it. He said, receive salvation, now do something with it. Step out in faith. Go serve someone. Get involved. Go, go help someone in need. Walk as I would walk. Do what I would do. Just as the five talent knew exactly what his master would do. You know, we see this in, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. The writer of Hebrews, he's talking to a group of believers that have been believers for a while. They've been disciples for a while. But all of a sudden, they take their foot off the gas, and they've turned into those, uh, that one talent servant that's just buried. They're just hanging on to it, right? And here's what the writer of Hebrews says. 
He just gets, gets done talking about this, these deep spiritual things. And in verse 11, he says, there is much we could say about this, but it's hard to make you understand. It is because you do not want to hear. He's saying, you've, you've taken a step back. You don't want to hear it anymore. You're not bought in like you used to be anymore. Verse 12, he says, by now, you should be teachers. Instead, you need someone else to teach you. Again, the first things you need to know from God's word. You still need milk instead of solid food. Anyone who lives on milk cannot understand teaching about being right with God. He is a baby. Solid food is for full-grown men and women. They have learned to use their minds to tell the difference between good and bad. What is he saying? When you receive Jesus, you receive that talent. And he's saying you were never meant to just stay with the one. God has so much more for you. God has so much more for you. God has so much more for this church, but we've we've received the one. I can steward this kingdom well. What am I going to do with it now? It's not to stay here. It's to move forward, to step out in faith, and to do something with it. So how do we do that? The only way to steward well is to know Jesus better every day. Not just for an hour on Sunday, but every day in his word. Just me and him. Seeking him. Reading. Reading not just to check the box, but reading to listen and to hear from him every day. When I know Jesus, I gain confidence in my identity. When I know my identity, I can't help but steward the kingdom well. And what does that look like day to day? So let's get real practical. What does it look like to steward the kingdom well? Well, what's great is that Jesus answered this. Later on in Matthew 25, uh, we don't have the slide for this, but let me just read it. Here's what it says. He says, finally, whenever the Son of Man comes back to claim what is his, and he comes back and he separates the righteous from the unrighteous, starting in verse 34. You can write this down. Look it up this week. He says, then the king, which is Jesus, he will say to those on his right hand, the righteous, he said, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous, who are what? That's the five talent. He will answer him and he will say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? Here's the key verse, Matthew 25, 40. And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did to One of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. What are we doing? We're stewarding what's in our hands. My attitude, my conversations, my interactions. Every time I come into contact with others, when I see the need, can I pray with you? Can I help you? How can I serve you today? We show up, not just on accident, we show up on purpose with the mindset of Jesus asking, how can I serve you today? And by doing so, in obedience, what does Jesus do? You steward the one well, 
Let me give you two and see what you can do with that. Oh, you stored the two well and you made it four. Let me, give, let me give you five and see what you can do with that. You made it ten? Well, I'm going to take even the one that was over here and give you a, eleven total. So valuable. But it comes down to simple obedience. Am I willing to walk every day in obedience to God's word, to spend time with him, and to do what the master would do? As I wrap up, let me give you just some final reflection questions for you to, if you have notes, write them down. If you have your phone, put it in your phone. These are questions not just for you to to answer out loud or anything like that. These are just questions for you to answer personally so that you can identify where am I right now and how am I going to steward well this week. Here's the first reflection question if you want to write it down. It says, have my attitudes, my words, and my actions been stewarding God's kingdom well lately. And just being honest, man, if I won't look back, has the way I've been living been stewarding God's kingdom well lately? Reflection question number two, have I been living like a one talent convert that just came over and has done nothing? Or have I been living like a five talent servant? being honest and answering the question. Lastly, the most important one is number three. It's making a plan. If I'm going to steward well, I have to know the master well. So how am I going to spend time, or when am I going to spend time, with God this week? If I never make an appointment, it's probably never going to happen, right? If I don't ever actually get up a little bit early, spend some time with him, there's a lot of other things that can steal my attention. But if I'm going to steward well and get more in return, and serve God and steward his kingdom well, it starts with knowing him better personally. I'm so excited for you, Real Church, as you guys step into the season. It takes a lot of guts to be where you are, and I hope you realize how special this place is and what God's getting ready to do and already doing in this community. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes really quick? As I was talking today, I'm sure there were some of you in here that maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, Dan, I don't, this sounds great, or I've maybe heard that before, but I, I don't know if I've ever actually committed my life to Jesus. Maybe you don't know if you've ever even received the one talent, right? The salvation. But you want to today. Maybe there's some of you in here, maybe you've received it at one time. You were serious about following Jesus, but you took a few steps away. You took a few steps back. You took your foot off the pedal, but you're ready to recommit your life today to Jesus. If that's either one of you today, whether you want to do it for the first time, you want to commit your life, recommit. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you do anything weird. I'm not going to draw attention to you. But with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just raise your hand high enough for me to see it right now? If that's you, go ahead and see that hand. I see that hand. Once you raise it up, you can put it back down. I see that hand. Anyone else? You say, I'm serious. Today, I want to take that step. Just put it up, put it right back down. That's awesome. Here's what we're going to do. What I want to do is I want to lead us in what we call the believer's prayer. It's simply a prayer. It's not a religious thing that we have to say the right words, but it's more so just a prayer for us to show God that we're serious. And it's more about our heart than what is what we're saying. But God's word says that if we confess with our mouth, and we believe in our heart, we will be saved, that God raised Jesus from the dead. So that's what we're going to do. And in church family, I would encourage you, would you pray this prayer with me and after me? 
as I say this in agreement with those that raised their hands today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, everyone say this after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. I commit right now to following you. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to come to this earth, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. And right now, I choose to follow you. I am saved. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you guys just celebrate really quick with those that raised their hand today and said that prayer for the very first time?